It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, good evening. Welcome to Ladies Night Paintball Radio. Tonight is Sunday, July 22nd, and we have quite a lineup for you. There's been a whole lot going on, and I am really sorry to have missed everyone last week. We are in the process of getting up on Facebook Live. There have been all sorts of technical problems here this evening, so... Please bear with me. I'm going to go ahead and um, put on some music for a few minutes while we get some things worked out here. with the technical difficulties for those of you who are trying to stream us live on Facebook and or Instagram right now. So, again, thank you for joining us tonight for Ladies Night Paintball Radio. Tonight is Sunday, July 22nd, and we've got quite a lineup for you. We are, we have invited this evening Nikki Freed. She is running for the Commissioner of Agriculture in the state of Florida, and I'm going to chat with her and see what that means for us here in the paintball world. Um, we are also expecting calls from B. Youngs and Anna Pencala, as well as Calista Mosley and Ashley Falls. So we have a great lineup for you. Thanks for joining us. It is middle of summer. I mean, are we even past the middle of summer at this point? I think that we are almost nearing the end of summer, and it's been a really good one. Thanks for your patience last week. I'm sorry I wasn't able to join you, but I am thrilled to be back with everyone now. So I'm going to go ahead and take our first caller on the line, area code 954. Who's this? It's Nikki. I'm on. Hi, Nikki. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us this evening. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Colleen. My pleasure. So, um, Nikki, if you would tell everybody who you are and what you're doing, and then I've got a whole bunch of questions for you. Absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, I was uh, born and raised in Miami. I uh, had the pleasure of growing up down there and being very involved in my youth organization, and then took my, my trip to uh, University of Florida, where I received my undergraduate degree, master's, and then my law degree. And so for the last 15 years, I have been practicing law, everything from commercial litigation to foreclosure defense uh, and criminal defense. And for the last seven years, I have been up to Tallahassee as a government consultant, um, basically making waves and causing trouble and, and doing things uh, for the common good and representing Broward School Board, uh, an organization called Florida Children's First, and also medical marijuana uh, clients. So I really have been instrumental in the last five years of kind of getting medical marijuana here in the state. And that's kind of what got me to, to want to run for office this year. I was also a past student body president at the University of Florida, uh, the first female in uh, almost two decades when I was at UF. And I really saw firsthand uh, what was happening in Tallahassee, of how the will of the people was just never listened. And no matter how many doors you bang down and how many uh, conversations, they just weren't listening sometimes for, for good policy. And I saw it as an opportunity. I wanted to put my name on the ballot, uh, that I have the experience and the leadership of basically my entire life to, to kind of go back behind. And so I figured that the Commissioner of Agriculture and Consumer Services um, is the right place for me. And it's one of our, our three cabinet positions in the state. Most people don't even know it's an elected office. They just know that it's the name that they see at the, the gas pumps. Um, but it is one of our cabinet positions that oversees the clemency board. Uh, it oversees all of our pensions in the state of Florida, as well as land swaps and whole litany of other things. And the commissioner oversees not just agriculture, um, but more importantly also is uh, the entire, all of our water, our environment issues, our um, energy, and then consumer services, which is everything from our do not call list, our IRS scams out there, the, the fraud of the gas station pumps. I mean, I could talk for three hours plus about all the things that the commissioner does and uh, oversees the concealed weapons permit, uh, which has been brought to light in the last month or so when the current commissioner, Adam Putnam, uh, has failed miserably in doing background checks and, and leading that department and ensuring the safety of our citizens. And the other thing that it, commissioner oversees is our industrial hemp program, uh, which is very small right now, but I have uh, made it my mission to expand that program uh, for encouraging more job growth here in the state. Uh, industrial hemp is also fabulous for the environment and utilizing the products for biodegradable, um, it, using it for instead of straws, paper. I mean, it, it, there's just so many wonderful benefits of it and really allowing our agriculture community who has been suffering so much in the last couple of decades an opportunity to have another cash crop, uh, which is industrial hemp and also the expansion of cannabis, uh, not just medical, but a full expansion and, and fixing the problems that uh, Governor Scott's office uh, has created by the implementation and poor implementation of the amendment that 72% of us uh, have passed. Wow. That is so, so very much. Um, and for so many reasons, to everybody out there who's listening, I've known Nikki since we were teenagers in that high school um, youth organization she was talking about. So, to hear all of the things that you have accomplished is really just outstanding. And 
thank you for everything that you're doing for all of us. Um, there thank is so much that I heard you say that I want to ask you about. And then I'm going to tie it all back into paintball, too, because I want to, I have some questions about land, who's in charge of other things. But for those of you who are just tuning in, we are talking right now with Nikki Speed, and she is running for the Commission of Commissioner of Agriculture and Consumer Services in Florida. So I've asked her to join us because there are a lot of topics that she's covering that I think are relevant to a lot of people. And the paintball community is a big and mighty community, and when there's a message they like, they tend to spread it. So I'm hoping that they will spread your message, Nikki. We have posted a page, your social media page for your campaign on Ladies Night Paintball Radio. So everybody who is listening can go and check it out there. So medical marijuana, I'm going to start there. Um, just because that's where you started. Taking notes as you were going through here. Um, What, there are a lot of misconceptions right now about what is acceptable and not acceptable in Florida. And I think that there's confusion. I see posts online from people and it's almost like they're outraged that rights have been taken away. So, Medical marijuana, what does that mean for the people here? Um, Does it mean that it's going to become commonplace? Is it going to change the effects, especially criminal effects, for um, people who have it that's not medical marijuana? Um, Does it matter if you got medical marijuana not medically, like through your doctor? I think that there are people who have questions like that that would be helpful to answer. Absolutely, and I'll kind of be... A little bit of a bridge, but but hopefully give as much information that that, that everybody needs. Uh, so first passed in the state of Florida as just uh, low THC, so non-euphoric, uh, back in 2014, just for uh, epilepsy patients and cancer patients. And what the state did is it created a very a strict regulatory framework in which it gave out five licenses and everything is vertically integrated here in the state, which means only those license holders are allowed to grow, manufacture, and dispense. Uh, so that means that you can't just open up a dispensary, you can't just grow it, uh, you actually have to hold one of these very uh, sacred uh, five licenses. And then in 2016, uh, there was an expansion uh, which allowed those individuals to also uh, start growing the high THC and allowed it for additional patients that were terminal. So if two doctors had uh, given you a recommendation that you, in fact, were terminal and advised you to take uh, medical marijuana, then you two were allowed to get onto the registry. And then the constitutional amendment passed in 2016 uh, with 72% of our Floridians. And it expanded the types of conditions that a patient will qualify for. So that is uh, still your your cancer, your terminal, your epilepsy. It's now expanded to HIV, AIDS, uh, PTSD, Lou Gehrig, uh, MS, uh, glaucoma, um, uh, and, and like five other different very specific uh, conditions. And there's also one catchphrase that says if your doctor finds that you have a similar condition to, to the rest of these. And what this also has done is that a patient uh, has to go to a qualified doctor. In order for a doctor to be able to recommend the medical marijuana, they have to have gone through a two-hour course that's being offered by the Florida Medical Association. And the doctor would then become a qualifying doctor. 
And so you go to one of these doctors that are qualified, and there's information on the Office of Medical Marijuana Use uh, website, which is through the Department of Health, which will list out all of the qualifying doctors. And then you go to one of your doctors, and you go and you have um, an appointment, and if they find that you have one of these very specified conditions, then you can get onto the registry. And then what you do is you'll get a, a card in the mail um, after the Department of Health has reviewed uh, the conditions, and then you will be authorized. And currently now we are up to 14 license holders. So, again, only those 14 are allowed to manufacture, grow, and dispense. And then a patient takes their medical marijuana uh, patient card, and they go over to a dispensary, and that's their call. The actual, you're starting to see them pop up all across the state, uh, all across, and they basically look like pharmacies. Uh, they're very medically oriented. They're not the, the head shops or the pot shops that we all grew up with or, or other states may have. Um, they are very, they're high-end, uh, professionally done, like I said, very clean, looks like a, a medical doctor or a pharmacy. And you go into one of the pharmacies, and every single one of the license holders is producing different types of, of uh, products. Some have topical creams. Some have uh, vape cards, oils. Um, then there is uh, patches. And so everybody's kind of cramming up at the different uh, lines of products. And so you go into the dispensary, and your doctor will have given you a recommendation for the amount of milligrams of THC that you are authorized for a 70-day period. And then after 70 days, your doctor re-ups your, your recommendation. So no, uh, unless you are a qualified patient, and there's about, we're about up to 110 or so thousand patients in the state of Florida, uh, you are not still allowed to possess marijuana. Uh, so it is still federally illegal, and that's what part, part of the issue is. It's still federally illegal. It's still controlled substance uh, under the, um, the federal guidelines. And so our state, every state is kind of so far has done their own regulatory framework. There are 30 states that have done either some type of medical or full, full legalization program. And so if you are caught with still possession of cannabis and you do not have a medical marijuana card and it is not um, one of the products from one of the dispensaries, you're still going to be arrested. Uh, some of your local governments in your cities and your counties have made this a civil citation so that if you have under 20 grams, uh, you're not going to get arrested necessarily. You're just going to give a civil citation. But that is not Florida law. That would be a local jurisdiction issue. Uh, so there are still a lot of strict regulations in the state. Uh, you, if you have any of these, these types of conditions, I would definitely recommend you uh, getting into a doctor and starting to have these conversations with your doctor because what we're seeing is that it's really changing lives. I mean, every single day I'm hearing stories from patients that had cancer um, that started taking uh, medical marijuana and they got their appetite back or some that have had Parkinson's and have tremors and are taking, uh, you know, a list of, of different types of medicines, pharmaceutical drugs, and they're getting off of their pharmaceutical drugs and taking medical marijuana, and they're changing people's lives. And so we're seeing that, and that's why it, it's been so frustrating, because what the, depart what the department has done in the legislature is that they did not expand it to the, way, to the way that they should have. There's a lot of high regulations. It's very, you know, there's not a lot of information out there. The patients are confused, the doctors are confused, and the department has done nothing to help the situation. Uh, they've made it more confusing. Uh, they haven't done their jobs to put out more licenses, uh, any of the rules for that we should all be allowed to start making edibles, um, and they um, are not, haven't done that yet. Uh, so there's been a lot of loopholes that, that are, are falling through the cracks that the department just isn't doing their job. And then there another big issue is smoking. Uh, the legislature outlawed smoking. 
uh, saying that that is not a way to actually have a delivery of the product. So that means that any of these license holders cannot sell flour. And so right now we are in a court battle with the department and the state to allow uh, smokable flour to be sold and for patients to be able to use it. Um, on the notion that, that the, Constitution, uh, the Constitutional Amendment said smoking in public is prohibited, and so as an attorney, I would say that that implies that smoking in private is allowed and that the dispensary should be allowed to sell flour. So we got a court battle on our hands, um, but you know, we think that at the end of the day that we're going to prevail. And the other good thing about medical marijuana is that every single state that has passed it uh, has had seen a 20 to 25% decrease in opiate overdoses. And so as everybody keeps talking about the opiate price problem across the country, we keep you know, yelling and screaming that we've got an answer, we've got a solution, we've got a way to fix this and get people off of opiates. And we've even seen in Colorado that the pharmaceutical industry has seen a, over a $4 million uh, hit in revenue based on the fact that people are getting off pharmaceutical drugs and starting to take medical marijuana, or in Colorado now it's, it's legalized, so just uh, marijuana in general. And so we really are hoping that in the 2019 legislative session that we actually expand the conditions to allow for not only you know, chronic pain, which is not a condition today, uh, but also to allow for those individuals who are on opiates and trying to get weaned off of them. Uh, really, it, it's life-altering and life-changing uh, for those who are suffering in our state. And so I'm running for office to, to help and protect those. And there is no clearer example than what's happened with medical marijuana in the state um, and our broken government than this. So I want to thank you. I want to take a second and reintroduce to you. We are live on Facebook streaming right now and working on getting on Instagram too. But thank you to everyone joining us tonight for Ladies Night Paintball Radio. We are talking right now with Nikki Freed, who is running for the Commissioner of Agriculture and Consumer Services in Florida. We are talking about, we're going to talk about medical marijuana in Florida. Um, we're about to get into, tonight's show is all about female leaders, and so we're going to be talking a little bit about Nikki's uh, history, and we're going to be talking about agriculture and how all of this can affect paintball. So um, share this with your friends, but um, Nikki, we were just chatting about the medical marijuana side of it, and you said the people go to doctors. I see clinics. I saw a sign actually the other day, like a billboard basically, saying that there was an expo this weekend and there were going to be doctors there. Is that something, and people could come and get a card, is that something that is legitimate? People, you know, if they see these, are these scams? Because um, people ask me, is it really that easy to go in and say, well, I don't know. I thought that you had to go to the doctor and be a patient for a couple months. So what happened? Yeah, so, yeah I, I'd be cautious sometimes. These are, you know, just like every, like you see all the time when you saw all the pill mills across the state or, you know, the pit fraud. Yeah, that people are going to try to, um, you know, take advantage of those who don't understand, don't know. So definitely do your research first. Um, there are a lot of seminars that are that are opening up across the state trying to do like this, teach citizens of Florida what is legal, what's not, what's really happening. Um, but certainly be cautious, especially if, you, if people are saying it's just easy, walk in here and get your card. Again, there are certain conditions that you qualify for. 
So you have to make sure that you're going to a doctor that actually knows what they're doing and is on the registry and is not a quack. So I, I would just do your, your due diligence like you would anything else. This is a doctor. This is talking about putting something um, that's in your body. And I would just make sure that you're going to somebody who's legit. Um, again, you're, you're only going to be able to buy these products anyhow from the, the licensees in the state of Florida. And there's, like I said, 14 currently today. Um, so, yeah, so just be careful uh, of who's out there. There are a lot of doctors that we've seen that have gotten on the registry. Uh, there was a report in the Miami Herald, I believe, it was about a month ago or so, saying that a lot of our doctors that are going onto the registry have some type of medical infractions from other states or ethical violations. And, uh, you know, it's one of our priorities for the 2019 session, again, is to have new uh, parameters for those types of doctors who are getting onto the registry. They should be clean, uh, <laughs> clean bill of health on, on their past history as a, a doctor. Thank you. And again, I'm asking some questions for the people who are listening and watching and who will be sharing this um, just so that they have the information. We like to share lots of information here. So, Nikki, a, li a little bit about this show. Um, this is the first paintball radio show for women by women um, that really features generally topics about women and children and growing sport that way which is another reason that I wanted to invite you on the show because we're always talking about leadership within our community, within our sports community. And we have people who are showing leadership skills from a young age, kids and teenagers who are um, leading events and who are on teams, and especially females, females who are joining our sport, and you're an excellent role model of somebody who just kind of stuck with it. I mean, you've always been social, you've always been outgoing, you were, uh, and at the same time, you were able to work hard and play hard, as they say, and have a successful um, high school, college, and then professional career. So, and you were the first female student body president. Um, so, I, I like talking to people who are first. Can you speak to that a little bit? What was that experience like? And were you welcomed by the school community? Obviously, the kids, the students voted for you, but, I mean, being the first female is a big responsibility. Yeah, so first I just said it was my first female in, in 20 years. So I was actually the uh, the entire University of Florida history, the third elected. Um, but it was an 18-year span uh, between my, my predecessor and myself. Um, so there was no one in um, recent history at UF that had held the, the position. And, yeah, it, it was definitely um, – different. You know, most of the time, you know, the, the men, you know, there's still a no-boy network. Uh, they like to support themselves. They like to, um, you know, a lot of times they like to ruffle their own feathers and walk into rooms of negotiations, and uh, alpha male versus alpha male doesn't always lead to good policy. And so, you know, there's, there's always a balancing act that, you know, we as women have to, in a, in a legal setting, in a political setting, and, you know, new types of career business settings, it is way the um, how to be able to walk into a room that is typically predominated by men and be a, have a seat at the table and gain the respect. Know when to talk up um, and when, you know, because we get the reputation that either you're weak or you're a bitch. And I don't mean to say that on, on, on radio, but, you know, and it's, it's hard to, you know, to navigate um, 
somewhere in the middle, you know, because you turn off people on both sides of that spectrum and learning how exactly to maneuver through that is not always easy. And sometimes it's because you've had to work harder and you have to be smarter. You have to be, um, you know, able to, uh, said, you know, know, know how, know when to push and know when not to push. And when, and when men don't even have to think through those things. And we have to be more calculated in our approach to a room uh, than sometimes our male colleagues. And, again, it's sometimes knowing your issue better than anybody else. And that's how I was able to always be successful. I did my research. You know, whenever I'd go into a conversation, I made sure that I had all of the tools in the shed with me with, you know, whatever the conversation was going to be about. I knew who all the, the people that were sitting at the table with me. I knew what the subject matter was. And I became a subject matter expert at, at whatever it was. And so it definitely, and it's interesting as, you know, and I'm even having to go through it now, um, I would also be the first ever elected commissioner of agriculture uh, female. Uh, so in, in the entire history of, you know, state of Florida, there's never been a female commissioner nor female governor. So we are potentially making some groundbreaking strides this year. And so it, it, and we laugh, whereas, you know, we have to take photos, and we have to do all this stuff, and men can just kind of roll out of bed, put some gel in their hair, maybe shave, whereas we need haircuts, and we need stylists and makeup artists, and, um, you, know, it, you know, it takes us a lot longer to, to get dressed, and it's just not like putting on clothes and just going, and it's also... Um, you know, wearing heels all day long, you know, walking uh, around campus, walking around, you know, the state of Florida, going to meetings all day long and, and being in heels um, is, you know, it, it's different. And, and men certainly do not appreciate the added um, uh, difficulties that we, we have to encounter um, when we're going through something like this. You know, it's funny you say that because I have to say I've, been admiring your look, especially as I see you, I guess, on the campaign trail, is it, as I see you going from place to place, and I've actually thought to myself at times, I zoom in to look at how high your heel is, actually. <laughs> I loved your red <laughs> shoes. You were wearing these pumps the other day. You were at some winery, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, thank goodness I don't have to walk around in heels all day. So, um, you know, it, it, because it is, it's an image that people – don't the people take for granted I guess and it happens everything that you were just talking about happens for paintball paintball is historically a male sport and when not male um, only at least male predominated and so while there's always been a place for women or where women have made a place for themselves it's not as easy um, perhaps as it is for men, especially when trying to do business or working with teams, um, there's just different, I guess, issues that the women have to partake in. And you're talking about the getting ready and, you know, getting your stylist and your makeup. One of the things about, I mean, there's so many great things about paintball, but the individuality that paintball allows is people dress up they design their jerseys their masks their whole entire look and so they're made up and then there's the female side of it there was a poll done because somebody was asking why a rental mask this is a player who was who came out to rent for the day why a rental mask was returned with a full face of makeup on the inside of it and so within <laughs> a women's group we asked um, how many of you wear you know, makeup before you go to the field, any kind of makeup. I personally wear tinted moisturizer and mascara. 
um, always. I feel more awake when I do. Even when I go to the grocery store, I do. So it's not that I'm necessarily getting glammed up to go to the field, but um, men don't understand. They're like, we're just going to, you know, out, out to play paintball. So the parallels are definitely there. And I appreciate you being so groundbreaking as being a female leader. I mean, you've always been a leader, um, but, you know, breaking into these, the boys club is, you said, is not easy. So um, it's always nice to have other female role models out there who are doing that. So thank you. Um, I want to yeah. chat with you about industrial hemp. Yes. I see and have, well, let's talk about industrial hemp versus marijuana because I think that there are people who think that hemp and marijuana are the same thing. Sure. So um, it is both derived from the cannabis plant. So kind of like if you have a rose and one is yellow and one is red. So they're both derived from the cannabis plant, and with certain types of genetics, they've been able to create a separate hemp plant, which means that it has no euphoric value. It's under 0.03 or 2.0 THC in it. And so industrial hemp is still considered, um, it's still federally illegal. It's still a controlled one substance because it is a derivative of the cannabis plant. Uh, so they have not made a distinction. However, there is this year in the farm bill, which um, Senator McCollum, uh, Mitch McCollum has, has put forth, um, having industrial hemp being uh, descheduled, which means it no longer is a Schedule One narcotic, um, and then allows would allow every state uh, to do their own hemp programs. And so there, there's two, there's so here in the state of Florida, two years ago, we actually um, passed a hemp pilot program which means that our land-grant universities, which is both University of Florida and FAMU, are allowed to partner with people to uh, start growing and doing research, not for human consumption, not for sales, uh, just purely for starting to do research. Because that is one of the biggest problems that we're having in the United States, both on the cannabis side and the industrial hemp side, is the fact that because it's still a controlled one substance, there's no research. And when they're even on the research that's been done, it's not by, you know, I think that they're credible sources, but um, because I know who the, who the people are who's doing the research, but they're not the ones that are getting any federal grants and are not being recognized by the medical profession as valid uh, research results. So we passed in 2016 the Industrial Hemp Pilot Program, uh, which just allows these two universities to start doing research on growing conditions, type of fertilizer it's used, if it's an... Um, you know, if it's what type of plant it is, you know, how can you, can you actually um, grow different strains of it? What are the benefits? And start kind of doing the research side of things. Um, but I am a firm, firm, firm believer that that program is not enough, uh, that we must do more in the state of Florida because there's so many terrific benefits um, to the plant, uh, terrific benefits to our economy. And so what industrial hemp can be used for is not only the industrial side of things, which, again, is for paper is for, um, I'm even hearing that some cars are utilizing industrial hemp for, for um, car doors. Um, I know somebody, a couple of people in the state of Florida have used industrial hemp to build homes. Uh, it also replenishes the nutrients. It uses less fertilizer, which is better for the environment and for our waterways. It also can be used as, you know, like a styrofoam cup, so, you know, as biodegradable. 
Um, it can be used as biofuel. Uh, and it also is used for, you know, rope and making of clothes. And so that does is it makes more jobs in the state. You have uh, more farmers who are allowed to grow it, and then they bring manufacturing companies here in the state to start manufacturing it. And so it really could end up being a $10 billion-plus uh, industry here in the state of Florida. And then you also have a certain type of the hemp plant uh, that can be used to make CBD products. Okay. So... I didn't even realize that hemp was something that could be used to build things like a car or a house. I knew that it could be used yeah. for clothing. Um, there's actually several people within the paintball community who I've been talking to and working with um, about hemp um, outside of paintball. Um, they have hemp um, businesses of their own, and part of it is CBD. And... Um, CBD, there's definitely confusion as to whether or not that's marijuana because people use CBD for medicinal purposes, but since it's coming from the hemp plant, which you already just explained doesn't have but 0.03% of THC in it, it's not THC, um, it, how does, do you, I mean, I'm, I know you're not a doctor here, but um, how are people using this to... Um, I guess, improve their health also because I see CBD being sold regularly. Yeah, so there's definitely confusion amongst the industry um, on whether or not even CBD from hemp is legal. Uh, it's a gray area that, you know, we can get into a very long legal debate on the, the yes and no of it. Um, but what is what it can be utilized for is, uh, you know, people take it in the morning as like a supplement. Um, so you already have some natural cannabinoids in your system. And so what it does is replenishing them. So it creates an equilibrium in your body. Um, so people have sometimes, you know, take CBD in the mornings um, to relieve stress levels, keep them focused. Um, it, it's some that if they, um, you know, I, for instance, I uh, stupidly fell off a bike about uh, six weeks ago. Uh, coming back, I was on an eight-mile bike ride and I fell and I hit my head. And so doctors were telling me to start taking CBD oil um, to help with the inflammation of my, of my head and also to put CBD and THC on my actual face swelling and uh, relieving uh, of some of the scarring. So there, there's a lot of health benefits to CBD, and people are taking it for all those types of reasons. Just kind of, um, like I said, it, you know, relieve stress, relieve inflammation. So you're seeing a lot of patients that um, – you know, that may have, like, at least used for epilepsy. And so you get that into your system. It can immediately stop some of the, the neurons that are, you know, going off in your brain. Uh, so there's a lot of health benefits, and, and people are finding that they take it as a daily supplement. It's making them feel better throughout the day, like you would take vitamins in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, that's actually one of the farm farming also provides the um, recently sent me some because I was in as well some topical uh, ointment and oil. I promised me that, as you just said, they're going to help very So, for endorsement, I'm going to try them. <laughs> um, so, and even like on, on the topical cream stuff too, you know, people are using both CBD and THC as topicals. 
you know, so I've had like, you know, my neck pains, you know, somebody, you know, you, and this is for, I would imagine for the paintball community, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you, you walk away sometimes a little bruised and a little bit sore um, and, you know, and aches and pains and, you know, putting some CBD or THC ointment on um, helps to relieve the inflammation and the swelling and soothe some of the muscles as well. So it can definitely be utilized for any type of that. Like I, I would recommend, um, I, I can't recommend. I would suggest talking to your doctor um, and, <laughs> utilize, and utilizing, um, you know, some of those types of products for, you know, just like you would do like any other type of sports cream uh, that people are utilizing that instead. I, I mean, thank you for the information. It's coming from somebody else, not just from me, folks. Um, I'm not just saying it to say it because another friend of mine has a farm. Um, you know, thank you to Mickey for those of you who are just joining us. We are talking with Nikki Freed, who is running for the Commissioner of Agriculture and Consumer Services in Florida. And we are talking about medical marijuana. We're talking about CBD. Um, we're about to talk about guns, concealed weapons. And then I want to talk a little bit about land. And, um, well, so concealed weapons permits, who yes. has been handling that? Because I think that you said that's going to be a new responsibility for nope, this building been, or for this office. It, yeah, so it has been uh, the concealed weapons permitting program has been underneath the office of commissioner, uh, the commissioner of agriculture and consumer services, uh, since the office was created. Uh, so that office already has been doing, um, does all the background checks, does everything to make sure that you know goes through the getting the the um, the classes that are being taught, certified, and so that's always been there. What has happened um, is that there were reports that came out in the last uh, month or so that said that the current commissioner um, in his office, that one woman uh, who was in charge of the program, uh, could not log in. So basically, what they do is they they back check with FDLE and FBI records um, for the background checks. And the woman forgot um, or could not log into the FBI database to do the background checks. And so for 13 months, uh, the office did not do background checks um, from the FBI uh, database for the individuals. And so they just kind of processed them through. That has created a huge, the entire state of Florida, of the, the public safety problems with all of that. Uh, with the fact that the current commissioner um, did not, re you know, once it was re once it was found out that this had happened, um, kept it from the public until a report came out almost two years later, and so there was a lot of questioning his leadership and what, how exactly did he allow something this to happen to his office? And then since then, we have now heard uh, that it wasn't just this one person; that they also the office controls uh, hunting licenses as well as the regulations of security guards and getting them licensed, and that there was 48 other mistakes that had occurred under his leadership. Um, so the, it, what has done is now started the conversation of why is it even in um, the Commission of Agriculture's duties to handle. And so they're starting to have those conversations of whether or not to remove it from the commissioner's responsibilities and put it into law enforcement's FDLE's um, purview. Wow. I mean, I'm just, yeah. I'm stuck a while on the number of mistakes. You know, we I hear this stuff, we see it in the news, and sometimes it almost seems unbelievable. Like, how can that even happen? And something as simple as forgetting a password and nobody checking it just mind-boggling. But, 
you know, if there's somebody that can make sure things are running smoothly and that everyone's doing what they're supposed to do, I have every confidence in you. Uh, so <laughs> Thank you. Let me, I mean, what, I was, the park, I was gonna the, say that, that you the know, park, the, Go ahead. I was going to say the the one the one thing that this has done is um, because it's been so in the news, it's elevated the conversation, it's brought to light. You know, because look, at, you know, it, to be honest with all of your listeners, it is very hard as a down ballot candidate to get people to care about why why vote for commissioner of agriculture. Why is that important? You know, that doesn't affect me. I live in you know um, urban communities. Um, I don't really I, I you know go to the food store to get my orange juice and my milk and my cheese and my meat. Why do I care about ag? And that what this has done is made everybody aware of how important this position is. And it's, you know, one of our cabinet positions that oversees some very important aspects that affect everybody's lives in the state of Florida. So it's like been a blessing in disguise uh, because it's elevated the, the, the attention to this office. Um, I think that what you're doing is amazing. I mean, I'm listening to you, Nikki, and still somewhat in disbelief. So I'm really proud of you. I know that you are, too. I love seeing your sister's post. Thank you. Uh, it's amazing. Okay. So it's paintball. Um, land use. Uh, um, do we have, I'm guessing, a different commissioner for land use? Or is well, that something so land, under? So it depends. Um, so agriculture oversees, you know, all land that has been designated for agriculture. Um, and a lot of this also forestry um, that oversees also all of our wetlands. So it, a lot of this stuff, depending on how the property is classified, it could be, an, and who owns the property, it could be owned by your county or uh, your county governments or your city governments. But if it's owned by the state of Florida, then it's overseen by either the cabinets um, as a whole, because we oversee all of our, our land grants, um, or it's already designated as agriculture, and that could be for farming, that could be for our ranches, um, that could be, um, like I said, our, our wetlands, our, our um, Everglades, and that over, is overseen um, and regulated by the Department of Agriculture. So, and our forest. if somebody, well, the reason I'm asking is people talk all the time. I mean, let's one of the great dreams of most paintball players is they want to own their own field. And especially in Florida, North Florida, Central and North Florida, I mean, Orlando area and up, where there is still so much land available, people talk about it regularly, myself included. I was under contract for five acres 18 months ago. So um, it's definitely something that people are looking for to do if somebody wanted to um, if somebody wanted to get in on buying land, maybe using some of it for farming. I mean, I've heard some crazy ideas from people, right? They say, I'm going to buy 100 acres of land. I'm going to use 20 acres of it for paintball, and I'm going to have 30 acres for my pot farm, and then the rest of it is <laughs> going to be what splits, you know, the public from my private, you know, business in the back. And I think to myself, I'm not really sure you'd be able to do that. So I guess you would kind of be the person to ask um, or to run an idea like that by. So for those of you out there who that's your dream. Yeah, like I said, like if you, if it depends on kind of who owns the land. So if it is, um, has been deemed as conservation land um, that's controlled by the state, 
then you'd have to go through the cabinet for approval to do what's called a land swap and to actually purchase the land. Uh, a lot of times you'll, you'll then at that point, unfortunately, hit, be hit up against, you know, some other environmentalists who want the land preserved just for pure, pure nature. Um, so you kind of are going to have to determine, you know, who owns that land or is the land owned by the county. A lot of times, uh, you know, a lot of counties have already bought a lot of land and are just sitting on it either for, for parks or for forests or, you know, natural preserves. Um, others are holding on to it for, you know, to eventually sell it for commercial purposes. So a lot of it's going to depend on exactly who owns the land and then what kind of parameters will be based on it. So I would start off by doing some just due diligence on what the, what the classification of the land is currently, if it's deemed already as agriculture or if it's deemed as natural preserves or conservation land, and then figuring out who owns the land. And then you kind of start going through the, unfortunately, the bureaucratic steps of figuring out what you'd be allowed to utilize that land for. And a lot of it might be privately owned. You know, there's a lot of, of big corporations here in the state that own a, a big chunk of land, um, and there's always conversations about trying to buy some of that land back from them and to, to put back into public domain. And so those are sometimes a lot of very heated political conversations that are happening across the state of Florida. Yes, and thank you for the information. We actually have a question that just came in asked, if they needed to buy the mineral rights. I don't even know what that means. I'm just passing <laughs> along. And again, that will depend on uh, certainly if there are, uh, if there's been certain classifications that have been on, on the land and, and what exactly you're planning on doing with the land. So there, there's definitely land use attorneys. Um, I am not a land use attorney. Um, I know the bureaucratic side of things. Um, I would certainly talk to a land use attorney in whatever county that you're looking to buy property in and let them start doing some of the research and figuring out what type of rights you will need to get uh, when you buy the property. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for all of that information. Um, and thank you for joining us. Um, again, everybody, this is Nikki Freed, and she is running for the Commissioner of Agriculture and Consumer Services here in Florida. Um, she would be the first female in the office and she is very well qualified with a long history of leadership, um, not only at her high school and university level, but then often professional life. So, um, Nikki, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for all of the information you shared with us. And uh, best of luck in your campaign. Thank you so much. And if your listeners want to, like, find me, um, I, it's a very simple website, NikkiFried.com, which is N-I-K-K-I-F-R-I-E-D.com. And my email is even easier, Nikki at NikkiFried.com. So if anybody has any questions or how I can be supportive to the community, um, just let me know. And, Celine, thank you for everything that you are doing and, and taking this leadership role here and educating your voters and your supporters. So uh, thank you for reaching out to me. Absolutely. When is election day? So we have a primary, uh, and that is August 28th. So absentee, which now we don't call absentee ballots, but early voting ballots are going out um, within a week. So you, everybody who's requested those, otherwise early voting is the two weeks prior to actual election day, but elections are August 28th, and then general elections are November 6th. And regardless if you're voting for me or anybody else, um, it is so important that you go out and, and, and vote. You have a this right, and, and make sure you uh, you know exercise it.
Okay. Well, Nikki, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome to stick around, but you're going to uh, I really appreciate you coming on, and I know that our listeners will like it, and thank you. So, again, uh, Nikki Freed for Commissioner of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Y'all, we've got her social media information up on the Ladies Night Paintball Radio page. So, again, Nikki, thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you really soon. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Celine. Thanks, everyone. Have a great night. You too. Okay, everyone. Um, see, lots of serious stuff going on, having fun at the same time. Um, I, again, Nikki, thank you for joining us. I would like to go ahead and go on to our next caller, area code 814. Thanks for holding. Who's this? It's Mary. Hi, Mary. How are you? You got back from fishing. Yes, we just we got back from fishing and loaded the truck, and uh, it's it's been a great day. So it's I don't know where everyone else lives. I know where you live, Celine, and and in Florida, mm-hmm. you kind of have the opportunity to have nice weather all the time. Here in Pennsylvania, we only have a small window, <laughs> so, so those those times and moments. Uh, you kind of take it and run with it. And um, today with fishing, it was awesome. It was fantastic. We got a lot of panfish and just had a blast. I love it. I love seeing pictures from your whitewater trip last week. I actually asked Anna to come on and to chat. I wanted to talk about the qualified booths, and I wanted to hear about your camping trip. So... And also, let me start by saying hi. Welcome back. It's been a long summer. I'm glad you've been out adventuring, and I'm thrilled that you're here. Yes. Well, thank you. It's like I said, we in in Pennsylvania, you you have to do as much as you can do in the small window we have. So it's, it's go go go, and then there's it's Friday. Well, it's Monday through Sunday we go until ten or eleven at night, and um, it's just it's filled with awesome. Um, the camping and rafting trip was phenomenal. It was absolutely fantastic. We have, uh, we've had a group of people that have always gone, and uh, Anna decided just to kind of join us, and she did amazing. She did a great job, um, not just whitewater rafting, but helping out with the camping aspect um, and, and definitely holding her own and just having a great time and lots of smiles, and it was awesome. So I can't say anything more or better than for her to say it. Um, but we, like I said, we invite her along and she went to come along the adventure and we always want to step out at, at times, you know, from our paintball community just to do other things that people are interested in. People that, you know, mm-hmm. really enjoy other aspects of life. You're, you're, you, we love the paintball community and we love paintball, but then it's like, Oh, you do this or you do this. And she definitely stepped out of her world and came into a new one and she just smiled the whole weekend. She loved it. And I was really happy for her and I was really excited for her. We have another two day coming up in September, which I really hope she's going to make. It's, I call it the Hilton of whitewater rafting. You actually, you go there, you check in and then um, you pack your, the truck with your tent. And at that point, your tents, any clothing, you know, sleeping bags, pillows, et cetera. And then you start on the river. You get on the river and you pour it off and have a lunch. And then you get back on the river and you do all class four and five rapids. She only did one class four this last weekend. But this next trip is all class four and five the first day. And then the second day is um, 
one five, two fours, two threes, two twos, literally like a domino effect going down the last part of the river. But it's a two-day trip, and you eat a five-star meal um, at the campsite, uh, dinner and, well, I'm sorry, hors d'oeuvres, then dinner, then breakfast. And uh, she's she's really excited. She wants to save for it and, and go on this trip. And I'm like, yes, please, you will love it. So step out. The, the world of paintball brings us all together. But stepping out to do other mm-hmm. things really makes our family closer. It brings us all together, you know, and I just – I, I love the fact of it, and, and, you know, I'm bringing people on fishing, and now I want them to join ODP just because of, you know, the fishing aspect. And then it's like, hey, if you can go fishing, you can paintball. They're like, what? Like, no, you, really, if you can fish, you can paintball. <laughs> you can catch fish, you can go paintballing. You can catch people. I, I don't know. It's, it's catch them off guard, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> but – <laughs> it is. It's a world that that I want to open up to everybody just to have a great time. I really want everybody to enjoy life and and their experiences. Oh, I love that. Yes, I um, went off hiking at one point in time this summer and hiked the mountains in North Carolina. Um, it was a very fun time. You're talking about this whitewater rafting trip, though, and I can't help but laugh because my son's um, stepmom planned this amazing trip for them for next summer. Okay. So they're going on a cruise and each day they go from kind of point A to point B like you were describing. And then they get back on a cruise and go somewhere else. But there's hiking and all of this adventure. And my little one said, he doesn't want to go on the trip. because He doesn't want to have to go hiking. I was just thinking, man, are you lazy? But this boy plays baseball literally from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. during the summer right now. And when he's out on the paintball field, he's out there from the moment he wakes up until he goes to sleep. And so he was complaining about going and hiking during the day. And I'm thinking to myself, you're really not as lazy as you might think. Or maybe because it's not your sport, you're realizing how much um, energy it is. But, you know, he thinks nothing of it when we go play paintball. And I would say the same for our paintballers. We go out, we do all of these things, think nothing of it. And then when it comes time to real other life activities, like, wow, I can't do that. Well, I think we can. I think everyone can. So what else is on your schedule for this summer? Any other fun trips or activities? Oh, yeah. Next, next weekend is our fourth and final youth mentorship program event. And the other three events that we set up were all open play. And open play just meant we kind of casually went out. We would, you know, sometimes we're actually verse each other on the field. There were no other players available. But we still went out. We made the best of it. We made them work hard. We made them understand, um, go in a certain direction, and we were teaching them different things each time. On the open play event, we were teaching them to get them set up for this next event. This next event is – a mission master's event, which is seven 30 minute missions in one day. And it is, if you ever hear me talk about a mission master's game, it's go, 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 go. And these kids, you know, we've, we've, we've taught them how to reload the pods and we've taught them how to get their own air and we've, we've taught them all these things. Well, it, there's still always a discussion you know, with kids. And, and our, our point about the mentorship program is we do want to answer any questions they have, talk to them, sit down with them. We've done tech classes 
in the middle of open play. Well, this game has taught them everything they need to know to go into the scenario event. And this scenario event is going to be off the charts. We have people, I mean, this to me is my local little game. I guess I want to say local, small game that no one really knows about. And we have people coming from all walks of life from everywhere, coming all over just to attend this game, uh, to see the kids in action, what they've learned, um, what they've seen, and and what they're going to do. People are extremely Mm -hmm. excited for it. The parents are off the charts excited for it. It just... They started messaging. Um, we have one one of the, the kids that um, is part of the youth mentorship program. He's in scout camp this week, but they're pulling him out early to go to this event. Um, another kid, his parents are actually, for the first time, um, their life goal was to vacation overseas, and they're accomplishing that. But they couldn't be there to take him, so they set it up to where uh, his grandmother is bringing him to the event. And, you know, they're like, you know, make it easy for, I'm like, no, can't miss it. It's a small field, you know, we'll be right there. And they're just so excited. They're like, what time should, should we be there at like six? No, how about nine? <laughs> but they're so excited for this because this, these, um, all the other open plays, all the other events led them up to this. And they have been charging on the field. They have been making huge advances. I mean, huge. When you work with a kid all day, for three events, you their excitement is off the charts. So my excitement is off the charts just for this up and coming event, and just to see them go out on the field, communicate with each other, and work together in the field with their whole. They not only have us; they have other mentors, and then we have other local um, uh, field owner Tim Toy from Bad Company. He's he's on board. He's bringing some other people. Um, Silver Fox is coming. He's hey. I'm coming. I want to see this. I want to see you guys done. I want to see this in action. He's excited. Um, he's been messaging. He's just, everybody's really excited about this game. And the huge excitement that comes from this small, and I call it small game, it really is. It's, you know, in Freedom PA, Brewers Paintball, but this huge event to where this youth mentorship program is really going to show what happens. What happens when you take kids out all day and you spend all day in the field with them and you teach them? And they learn. And this is growing the sport. This is making them amazing. And like I said, they're going to be in the limelight. They're going to have two photographers on them. Um, and those are all volunteers. I, I, my jaw dropped when I was like, these photographers are like, hey, we want to volunteer our time. I'm like, that's amazing. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I was so glad for that because they're like, no, we want to see these kids in action. And everybody is really excited for it. So the producer is extremely excited for it. So we have, we have that is next weekend. So of course my, you know, extreme excitement and elation for that to come down to this last and final event. It's huge. It's like my focus right now. (laughs) That's the one focus I have. It is. It's awesome. Just these the kids and the parents. Oh, just the parents messaging and just the excitement is 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 off the chart. So I want to encourage again. Uh, this program was not just for us to do. This program is for everyone. For everybody to take into consideration and try and do. Uh, you have your your group of people that you trust and know that can be there, and you you want them to mentor and they want to mentor, and you take these kids out and you plan say two weekends out of the year instead of four do whatever you can 
but you plan this and you take these kids out and you teach them how to watch for targets, look for movement, what's worth points, what's to go for. So we want to encourage everybody and anybody. And we have the waivers and everything available to everybody as far as, you know, you're encompassing, you know, not just your persons, but the field owners and everybody else. We want other people to do this because we've had an absolute blast and we want other people to do this and, and, and experience the same thing. We've just had so much great feedback. So we want everybody to experience the youth mentorship program and whatever to experience, not only seeing it, but being a part of it. So I encourage everybody and anybody, please contact me or James. Great avenue for paintball, great avenue for every aspect of paintball. It shows you every part of it. And the field owners, the first three games that we played on open play, the field owners have all donated to the kids complete 100% air, paint, and field fee. Everything was donated. So, again, this is possible, and it gets the kids in the sport. It gets them to enjoy it. So it's available to everybody. If you make that program happen, please do it. It sounds like a great program. I can't wait. Will you please take video and lots of pictures and make sure to post stuff about it so we can talk about it? Yeah, um, we definitely will. We'll have lots of pictures. Great. Um, we've got another caller on hold. Let me see who this is. Area code 815. Who's this? Hey, this is Anna. Hi, Anna. Hey, Anna. How are you? We were just talking about you. <laughs> Yeah, I was listening on the, the laptop, actually. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Anna, will you please tell everybody who you are? I'm Anna Pencala, also known as Strawberry in the Field. I'm part of Mutiny as well as Modern Day Pirates. Uh, recently, I was just able to go on a trip with uh, Mary and James. We were just talking about that trip. Um, I have a question. Did you take your all-tie boots on that trip? Yes, I did. I didn't take them on the river with me, but I did take them when I went hiking. Awesome. Good. What did you think? Or what do you um, think of your all-tie Go ahead and give everyone a little review. Um, I definitely, they did do their job. They did not get any moisture inside the boots. And when I was walking up to Wolf Rocks, uh, I was walking through about three inches of mud and slop, but it didn't affect the boots at all, which was nice. <laughs> I had hey. actually, I think that's the, uh, tw- is it the 12 inches, the highest one? Not the 12 inch, uh, the eight inch, eight inch or something. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had the eight inch black ones and I had to change the insoles just from when I had my foot surgery in December, but ever since I did that, they work perfect. Oh, well, I didn't realize you had had, uh, well, I guess I did realize you had foot surgery because you were talking about it a couple weeks ago, but um, I, I love my all-tie boots. Actually, after uh, Living Legends the week after, I went to a podiatrist and found out I had two fractures in my foot. And you played any, did you realize it when you were Living Legends or were you just like going in pain Oh well? Uh, most of the time, I just went in pain because the week, a few weekends before that, we off, uh, had a spam at Sherwood as well, and I was playing on it that same day and was having the same pains, but I just trudged along and kept on playing. Well, 
you know what, we have another caller joining us who also crutches along. I know all about that. Mary, have you played injured? Sometimes I get put on hold. I've played injured when I shouldn't play. It's one of the reasons that I wear my all-tie boots is because I have a really bad ankle um, and foot, and so I wear my all-tie boots because of that. Um, but for days after a game, I could wind up in one of those, like, surgical walking boots. Uh, yeah, those are annoying. Um, I love that you play in shorts. Can I just tell you that? I took pictures with you because you're in your shorts. I think it's awesome. I like when women um, have the opportunity to express themselves on the field. And if guys can wear shorts, I'm a firm believer in this. If guys can wear shorts, girls can wear shorts too. So, I mean, kudos to you for getting out there I mean, and kicking stuff. Yeah, the reason why I go out in shorts is because you go out there and it's probably easily – 90 degrees to 100 degrees and you're sweating and some of those paintball pants can get pretty hefty out there and like you just gotta like pull up your sleeves and put on your big girl panties and go out there in shorts it's just going to be a few bruises at the end (laughs) oh no wait anna 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 you have to tell them the story of when you went out in shorts and got shot in a certain area oh (laughs) well it was Living Legends the first day, and I went out in my spandex shorts, and some reason why, it was right around my, like, cooter area. That was, like, the target everyone was aiming for, and I got shot pretty good there, like, three times in a row, and I pulled myself out. On my way out to walking out, some guy looks at me really, like, like ooh, and I was like, okay, that it must look really bad, because I didn't take my mask off yet, and when I got out of the field, I lifted up my mask, and had to look down, and I had blood dra- dripping down my thighs. It got me pretty bad in the inside of the thighs then. I was like, oh, crap, that looks a little bad. <laughs> That's right. I remember that. I remember you talking to the and saying, so, like, I can't believe I got shot. You were so funny. That's right. I might even have pictures of that bloody bruise, uh, of that. Already- yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> We might have even taken pictures together right after that. So I'm going to look. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Somebody else who was in the thick of it at Living Legends with us, um, who has also played as an injured player, is um, Calista Mosley. And Calista Mosley is on the line with us. Calista, are you there? Yes. Hey, guys. What's going on? Hi. Thanks for joining us. You are with Mary and with Anna Pencala, and we were, I'm pretty sure you could hear us on hold, uh, but we were just talking yeah. about legends. Oh, yeah. Um, I am I am well, well experienced with playing injured, but uh, <laughs> usually because I don't realize I'm injured and I have a very, very different type of pain tolerance than most people, um, a lot of the time I don't recognize that I'm injured. Um same thing with Anna, I guess, when she was leaving the field. Was it Anna or Mary? That I can't tell the Anna. difference between the voices. <laughs> um, I was at D-Day and got shot uh, point blank with the barrel of somebody's uh, marker touching my elbow. And I did not notice it until the other ladies next to me um, started, oh, <gasps> 
oh, my God, are you okay? I'm just dripping blood, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know I got shot. So um, I just don't notice it most of the time. And uh, and when I do, it's, it's usually when it's pretty bad. But I've played with broken ribs. I played on a broken foot at Folda Gap and uh, a couple of other games, um, Triple Threat. Uh, Dominion, and then most recently uh, I tore my ACL, MCL, meniscus, and broke the two bones where they come at the joint at D-Day, and I have now played on crutches at two games. <laughs> so uh, I uh, I really like playing paintball, so <laughs> I just can't stop hurting myself apparently. <laughs> right, but here's the thing, even if we, it's not even our, it's the re-hurting ourselves, I guess, over and over again because of our love for paintball. You know, I definitely had, I, I know that if I would just not play on some of the weekends I played, I might have felt a little bit better. People used to make fun of me. They'd say, are you ever going to take that boot off? Like, they'd see me at a, they'd see my paintball pictures from the weekend, and I don't have my, you know, giant surgical boot, whatever, big walking boot on. And then I would go play all weekend, and come Monday, I couldn't walk on my foot again because I had just really oh. wrecked it out again all weekend. Oh, I, and I, would spend I, I feel, I feel the it. <laughs> so. Well, for me, uh, for me, I don't wear, I won't wear my, um, my air cast or anything like that. I have, when I, I injured myself at BlizzCon uh, interviewing somebody and um, it was really awful and very embarrassing and then I did not wear my cast any time when I would be out in public playing paintball or something like that. Because I just couldn't figure out how to not get it dirty, honestly. And so right? without, like, tying a plastic bag around it and really looking ridiculous. So um, I just... I definitely prolonged the healing time, but I took uh, six weeks off in between Dominion and Living Legend and really rehabbed my foot and really did skate off of it and stuff like that. So I was able to very easily play at, uh, oh, zero hour, actually. Um, So I was able to play at zero hour and Legends and run around like a crazy person. Um, And that's because I did take the time to just really heal. And that's what I'm now doing with my knee after ION. Um, I kind of canceled anything that I was planning on doing for the next couple of months, and I'm just going to let my knee heal so that I'm not permanently damaged. Mm Mm-hmm. I hear you. I had to take time off, too. I haven't played a big game, though, I haven't played at all in several weeks, and it's going to be another couple of weeks before I go out and play again because my body needs to heal. So, have you I'm ever had to? Go ahead. Have you guys ever had the problem with um, men on the field where they either say, "Oh, it's not that bad," or you don't want to say anything to them because you feel like that they're going to be like, "Oh, <clears throat> is this too much for you?" I've had that a few I've times where you're like, like anybody. You just gotta... actually, actually, I've gotten the opposite of um, 
I once had a coach that wouldn't let me play because without a note from my doctor clearing me to play, which is ridiculous. I was like, I'm an adult. I can play if I want to play, even if it's yeah. stupid. Um, I should be able to play. Um, and then at another game that I went to, uh, they actually had one of the guys who is, that is his job would kind of come over and, and check and make sure everything was okay. And at a certain point, he's like, okay, it's swelling really bad. You need to you need to go sit down. Like, this is <laughs> – it you've got like another knee on your knee. You gotta go. You gotta go sit for a little bit. And I was like, all right, well, five minutes, five minutes, and then I didn't leave. <laughs> and so it was just kind of, I wouldn't sit down because it's that adrenaline thing. Once it's going, yeah, I just power on. Um, but I've never had a guy. No, I, I don't. I don't actually think I've ever had anybody um, tell me it's not that bad. They're usually trying to figure out what the what the heck I'm doing out there, right? No. So, um, maybe in the very I think, beginning I think, when I started to play, I might. Well, I think it. that it's it's different in that as as women we have different levels of pain tolerance and different ways that we can tolerate pain. We can give birth to children and you know, we get amnesia and we do it again. Um, and that we, we is a different, talk about it's a different it. way to play. But we talk about it because I've seen comments from people and I just don't say anything um, because it's not worth fighting with them about what, what it'll turn into. But I've heard people say things like, well, if your heart don't go out there or worse, let, you know what, forget about us as girls. It happens with kids. My son, for instance, um, he plays baseball, and he goes to baseball camp during the day, and he got picked up by a traveling baseball team. Like a recruiter contacted me and said, I've been watching your son, which was a little creepy, but uh, I've been watching your son play. Uh, he's only 10. So I'm watching your son play, and I want him on our travel team. And so now my son is on that travel team, and he's in baseball camp from 8 a.m., and he tra- practices from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., so literally 8 to 8 every day. And he comes home, and he told me that his foot hurt, and would I rub his foot? And I kind of just looked at him like, oh, that's cute, right? Until I felt like the little marble in the ball of his foot and in his arch, because he's been running in cleats all day for weeks. So... He told me it hurt, and so I know that there's something wrong, but it's a muscle. Meanwhile, the next day, he's at baseball, and he's at his game, and he's running, and he's running, and he runs his heart out. And I can see the look on his face as he's rounding the base, like the pain almost. But he runs through the whole game, plays the whole game, game's over, adrenaline is coming down, we're nearing the parking lot, and he starts to limp. And his dad was like, cut it out. I just saw you running. There's no way that you're limping if you've just been running. And I was like, uh, stepmom, can you come to the side for a second? And I talked to my son's stepmom, and I was like, listen, you know, he actually is hurt. And just like you're saying, it was probably the adrenaline, and, you know, he's playing, he's doing something he loves, so he's ignoring the pain. But I'm sure his foot hurts now, so could you please pay it some attention? So while I, as a grown-up, maybe haven't felt it so much, um, definitely I've seen it with little boys at sports games. It just happened last night. 
Well, I mean, but like it, last night, I was out in out in San Diego, hanging out with some uh, some comics and uh, comic strip writers, and um, I was walking around on my on my leg without my crutches. Crutches are in the back of my car because there are a couple hundred thousand people walking around in downtown San Diego this weekend, and I paid for it. The minute that I got into the car, I was just like, oh, my God, can I cut my leg off now? This, it's just awful. Um, and the same thing with Ion. I didn't want to go walk around on crutches there. It's horrendously embarrassing to me. Um, but by the end of the day, I just I couldn't, I couldn't put any weight on my leg, and it was not worth it to me to fall down while trying to walk around. Um, so there's there's definitely a little bit of adrenaline, and there's a bit of pride. Uh, a lot of people just don't embrace don't embrace the fact that our bodies get injured sometimes. Some of us are more fragile than others, and it's just about the way that we we handle it. There are some people that you know won't go out and play if they have a hangnail. So. You know, it's a whole, and that's their choice. That's their choice, and I respect it. I totally understand. I'm like, eh, you know, there are certain things that I won't go out and play in. So more power to you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I would say for the most part, when somebody sees me limping, they're kind of, they're more concerned than judgmental. Um, though, because I've had a problem with my ankle so long, they're a little bit judgmental at this point. Like, come on, just go get your foot fixed already. Stop coming out here and hurting it. But I get that. <laughs> but I just haven't. It's had hard when it's your it. leg, though. It really is right? hard when it's something on your leg, because, especially if you're an active individual. Um, I find it's, it's one of the hardest things for me to heal. Um, my ribs. My ribs was a whole other ordeal uh, because for a long time I was playing speedball at that point in time, and I remember practicing diving drills on Valentine's Day. So romantic. And uh, went flying through the air, diving into the snake, and you just hear, I just hit it wrong, and you hear the crack. And I'm just, I'm out, and I'm like, great. That one's broken again. Um, and so I, over time, I, uh, I stayed, I, I moved away a lot from speedball, from the flying into the snake uh, side of things because I would just keep hurting myself. And over time, my ribs have gotten, there's just one that gives me problems from time to time, but for the most part, they're fine. Feet, knees, legs, ankles. Toes, those are all things that are really hard because as an active individual, it's hard to isolate those things and you need them to move along and be mobile in your day-to-day life. Hands, wrists, shoulders, things like that, those are easier to heal because you can isolate them much easier than you can something else. You can shoot left-handed if you've injured your right hand. If you've injured your left, you know, you can shoot right-handed. So there are different ways to compensate with your with your arms. It's a little bit harder with your lower extremities. And also just getting around. 
you know, I might be more inclined to fix my hands and my foot just because of the recovery or not more inclined to fix it, but sooner, you know, the kind of the time that you're off of work or your regular activities changes depending on the part of the body. So um, to that, I would say if you see an injured player, go out and give them cover. You know, I when I see other people in a surgical boot, I look at them and I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you like out of your mind? And then I look at pictures of myself in my surgical boot and have to remind myself you do the same thing. So I definitely understand when people say to me, like, why are you doing No, that? I mean, I, I, I get it. I mean, with with a couple of these games, uh, when I actually injured my leg at, because I, I injured myself at D-Day um, on uh, the Sunday, and I did not realize how bad it was. It hurt, and it was swollen, and it, and it, it did not feel good, and it was really hard to get around. But until I rolled to the emergency room in the United States, no idea how badly I'd hurt myself. Um, but that adrenaline's pumping, and I did not want to miss a game that I'd been looking forward to and something that I enjoyed. Um, and then you've got situations where you just you have to balance what the recovery time is. This on the knee is, when I was talking to my orthopedic surgeon about it, it's a little bit longer than the recovery for just straight physical therapy. And he's like, look, if you actually do physical therapy and you take care of this knee, you're going to be fine. You're going to be okay, and you're not going to need surgery. And a year from now, how your knee will heal will be the same as it had. You need to take it seriously, and you need to stop being as my um, – I've been able non-compliant with taking the medicine to heal. Um, and so – it is one of those things that having children of my own and seeing how they look to me um, for guidance, I went, you know what, I need to stop putting the enjoyment level and all of that before my own physical health, and I need to actually take the time to heal this and fix this. And so I've kind of, I've, I've taken the first step of going, I'm going to be an example for my kids and hopefully an example for others that sometimes you really do need to stop what you're doing and take the time to fix yourself before continuing to press on. Of course, you know, I needed to get the bucket list games out of the way first, and then I'm okay <laughs> to take some time off. Yeah, you know, it's really important what you're saying, and scheduling it, you know, it, it really is important to make and take that time. And as much as we love paintball and need or feel the need to be places, the only thing need, but it's really more a want. I mean, I'm going through that right now and scheduling one of my, I, I just found out that uh, I have some upcoming health issues. I'm going to have no choice, but to deal with um, having nothing to do with my foot. And I was like, but wait, holy cow, I'm already committed to these games. You know, I'm going to be a general here and I'm going to be a general there. But at least I won't have to necessarily be running around. I already spoke to my squad. I said, you know, can generals even command from off the field? Is that even part of this game? Can I, you know, just stay here? Because I'll have been, like, out of surgery exactly six weeks. And the doctor said, you know, six to eight weeks post-surgery before I can be running around or whatnot. But having to find that time, but it is important to make that time. You know, I was invited to play other games leading up to my surgery, and I, I told the people, um, 
I'll be there. If I'm in a leadership role, I, you know, I, I can participate. Otherwise, I'm going to be there just on behalf of LNPR, just reporting on it. Um, because it's important sometimes to set those boundaries. And, you know, I've done a lot of thinking lately, people, that just because there's been so much going on in the paintball world and so much competition, and not just competition, but people saying mean and hateful things about other players. And it's like, but I know they play. I've seen them. Don't don't go out and say that. But that still drove me to feel the need to press myself a little bit further. Maybe, Anna, because I didn't want them to say, you know, oh, she's a girl, she can't take it, or because she's a girl, you know, she's in pain or whatnot. You know, I'm, I'm actually... I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop you right there, and I will. I will kind of put this out there. The kind of people that take the time to say things about other people, et cetera. Oh, they don't play, et cetera. Ninety-five percent of the time, they're try, they're they're covering up for their own insecurities and their own uh, their own issues that they have, either um, feeling insecure about another person. Um, whatever whatever their dislike for somebody would be, those those are the kind of people that make comments like that. Now, granted, there are certain players out there that I'm sure just go to a field and crack open a beer and you know take some cool pictures and then leave. But honestly, who cares? That's, if that's the way that they want to play paintball, let them do it. I I personally do not care. I've seen the whole gamut of the warrior that will stay on the field all day long to the person that will just touch around a parking lot and never put on a stitch of gear and then go home and talk about what a great weekend they had playing paintball. And it doesn't really matter. I, I don't find that I push myself any harder based on what people say. Um, and it took a really long time to get used the idea that there were going to be people that were going to say mean things because there are people out there that will always say mean and nasty things and at the end of the day I just go that's a reflection of them that is a reflection of them I don't participate in any of that stuff in fact you'd be hard pressed to ever find me saying something mean about another person Um, and that's kind of when you find people being negative in any environment, any sport, any fandom, whatever, combating it with positivity tends to be the best course of action. Um, And it exists in everything. I mean, I spent my evening last night hanging out with guys that, you know, have millions and millions and millions of followers and fans and um, haters. And the best thing for them is to just ignore it with positivity, which is fun. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I would I would caution other ladies to feel like they have to press themselves because they have something to prove. Um, you don't have anything to prove. None of us do. Um, we should just be out there having a good time and enjoying ourselves because that's the whole point of paintball. And as long as you take that competition aspect out, um, competing with each other, that yep. will elevate women in paintball as a whole. Um, we should—the only person we should be competing with is ourselves. 
But that's just my point of view. And other women might have a different point of view, and I accept their points of view. Mine is just I don't compete with anybody besides myself. So. And I think that's great. I, I, I mean, I like what you're saying, and it's something that, you know, I never – I don't think I expected to uh, ever have to, like, ward off so many – hateful people, <laughs> like, I, the, the people would have so much of an opinion um, about playing style or whatnot, so I guess it's a nice thing to be in a position where people uh, care mm-hmm. enough to have something to say, right? We'll have to leave yeah. it at that, but um, so upcoming games for you ladies, do you have any? Uh, actually, Mutiny is going to New York from the 3rd to the 7th, I think it's for um, it's D-Day, if I'm positive. It's the one in uh, New Jersey. Okay. I don't know. I'd have to look that up. But if you want to send me a link to it, we'll post it up on Ladies Night Paintball Radio. Um I've taken a few weeks off, but I'm going to have three back-to-back weekends coming up in August. So let's see. August 5th is a one-day event in Orlando, actually in Palm Bay, Florida, for anybody who wants to come down. It's actually a generals are both teenagers. It's a young adult-led game. I don't like to call them kids. Young adult-led game. And then (laughs) August Wealth in Fort Lauderdale. Um, there is Terminator Wars put on by Sammy Fedraga. And then August, the next week in August, uh, 18th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh for Reaper Siege. So heading out there. It's also the same weekend as Super Games. And here's another one of those things. I have to learn how to say no. Um, I was asked to go to both games, and they're like four hours apart. One's a one-day game, and one is a two-and-a-half-day game, and I just keep trying to figure out how I'm going to make it to both of them. People I'm going up and playing with think that I'm absolutely not, so we'll see. But I'm definitely going to be at Reaper's game, and I'm working on making my way to Super Games, and then I'm not really traveling again until October. Super Games is a cool game. Super Game is a cool game. Uh, I will actually be... Uh, my next game that I'm definitely planning on being at is probably uh, Decay of Nations. I've got some guys coming out from uh, Scotland to come play with me that weekend. So I'm going to go and play it, play at Decay of Nations. But my next game on that coast is actually Aliens vs. Marines in, at Mountain Doom Paintball in Alabama on August, or not August, October uh, 5th and 6th at, uh, in Alabama, and uh, I will be the alien general. So really looking forward to that. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, okay. We've got a lot, of, a lot of really cool people coming to us. Our squad says they're going, so we'll see. They keep telling I'm, me that I'm, I'm, I keep not saying it and that I need to add it to my calendar because we're going. So. Yeah, it's it's it, it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um I actually had a really sweet uh uh person brought me an alien uh one of those little uh Funko Pops 
to me <laughs> at a game, and he'd 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 plastic dipped it or or hydrogen. I don't really know what he did to it, but he painted it purple. So and and put a little unicorn necklace around it and and whatnot. So he made it me as as an alien. So I thought it was pretty funny. That's really sweet. It was very, very sweet. Funny. He also brought me some uh, purple mags because I really like purple. So, well, but that's my very nice. name. And then after that, I've got a couple. I might be at. Uh, Let me. I, I might be there. The guys well, are saying they want to go. Fun. I've 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 not played Alabama before, um, so I'm really I'm really looking forward to to checking out Mount Doom. I've heard it's a great field. So, it's the home of the Phantom Regiment team, I believe. Huh. Well, we will hopefully be there to check it out, and I. I, they kept saying that you're coming in for that game. So uh, it, it really has been a back-and-forth conversation. So every time I give up my schedule, the guys will message me, and they're like, you didn't mention Alabama. And I just don't know why. It's just not there yet. <laughs> uh, not in my head. So I've got to write I wrote it down. So hopefully um, I will see you there. Okay. It looks like we've got one more call, and let's see who is on the line. Area code 406. I think that this might be somebody out of the Valley Girl. Hi, who's this? Jimmy, is that you? Okay. Um, it looks like that was somebody from Valley Girls. I think that was uh, Jimmy who was trying to call in or Josie. So sorry about that, everyone. Let's see who's got. One more. Closer. You're 714, correct? It's me. Wait, my my call dropped. Okay, there you are. Oh, I, okay. Sorry about that. Did I accidentally uh, mute you? Because I see your number back there again. Okay. So. No, no. I, uh, my, my, my call dropped, but... Um, Sorry about that. Are you still there, Mary? I see that you're on the line, but Mary and Anna and Callista, I don't know if you all got a chance to hear the first half of the show. We got to speak to Nikki Freed. She's running for agriculture commissioner in Florida. So we got to chat about all the issues going on, and then I was asking her about land use and how people can rent or borrow land to get paintball fields and whatnot. So I hope that people will tune in online, that they can download and listen to the stream of tonight's show. But I would like to thank everybody who joined us. Uh, Calista, thanks for joining us and for being just a great role model. Lots of young women and well, women of all ages look up to you and what you're doing for the sport. So keep getting pink stuff, keep getting purple stuff, keep going out there and rocking it. Uh, speaking of, did you get my unic- the unicorn cereal I finally sent only like three months late? I don't. It might be in one of the the various boxes and whatnot. I, I just moved uh, my house last week, and so anything that 
I got in that time period is in a little storage area. I just put absolutely everything. So um, I haven't seen it, but that's I not get, to say that okay, it's well, not it here somewhere. <laughs> it's funny because Reaper kept asking me if you friend her cereal yet because I've been t- I took that box of cereal with me to North Carolina, from North Carolina back to Florida. I almost brought it with me to Michigan, and I was like, no, that's not nice to do to her, make her have to put it in her suitcase. Then I went back, and I immediately went back to North Carolina, and it didn't get mailed that trip. And Reaper, he was like, have you not mailed her her unicorn cereal yet? And I was like, Reaper, I'm the worst at this. I'm sorry. So it is there. It's no, finally not there. It's- it's somewhere. Um, it's probably in one of those boxes, there's, but it's there's in a, a big, little a little box. time period in which it fit. It was just in the last like two weeks, so it sounds like it was there. Plus, you were traveling because I sent it, and then I saw, and I was like, oh, she just went from this game and up. It says she going here to this game, and it can be. Look, I had somebody send me a package. They said it arrived. I don't know, like four or five weeks ago, and it finally made its way to my hands a week ago. So I totally get it. I think that Calista's call might have dropped, but um, we'll see if she joins back with us. Anna, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I am so glad that you called us tonight. I want to hear about your adventures. Go on more adventures. Mary was saying that, I don't know if Mary's still there, she was saying that she's trying to get you to go next year on their whitewater adventure. So. I think it's uh, this September, actually. Um, it was definitely fun, and it was a learning experience, both in you had to learn with new people, you had to teamwork with it, because if you hit one rapid the wrong way, if you, like, div it the wrong way, you could just topple over, just get bounced out. It was Definitely experience that. I think everyone should try at least one. Well, I think everybody should try whitewater rafting at least once in their life because whitewater rafting really does wake you up. <clears throat> Excuse me, Anna actually had the best expression. This is what nature can do. It was. It's all nature. It's all water. It's. There's nobody fighting against you. It's you fighting against nature um, to go down the river and have a great time. So, and Anna, please tell your story about riding the bull. Riding the bull. Well, that was at the last rapid we were about to hit. Um, At the front of the boat, there's a little handle and you wrap your legs over the front of it. So you're pretty much sitting it just like you would ride a, um, a mechanical bull or something like that. And, you would go down the rapids with it. And there's a few rocky spots we hit. And at the end, it was like a wave just hit me and the water shot straight up my nose, but I didn't fall off. At the end, I did try to put one arm up, (laughs) managed to hang on for a little bit like that. (laughs) It got pretty scary when our uh, guide actually got uh, sucked out because our boat, we had a default boat with a kept leaking water on us, but we still made it through. I had a great time, it sounds like. Oh, it definitely was a great time. It was definitely, like, put a smile on my face after a bad week I had. Yeah, it was was amazing Um, with Anna. With Anna having 
just um, you know, you see different people post up certain things. But Anna posted up something, and I, I asked her to call me. And when I talked to her, I was expressing, like, you need to go out this weekend, and you need to enjoy life. Like, this is about having fun, having a great time. doesn't matter what you're doing. Go have a great time. And um, it came up that we were whitewater rafting. Well, with whitewater rafting, she's like, that sounds awesome. She was on board, 100% on board. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but that's that's like a nine-hour drive for you. And she's like, oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> really? I mean, I was shocked. I really was. It was like, really? Okay. Um, all right. I'll give you the campsite address. She's like, okay, I'm there. And she drove nine hours to come white water rafting for the first time ever. And I, I did tell her, and I believe I'm right 100% in this, you could not have gone with a better crew. So I, I believe she had a great time based on the people she was with. Um, we knew how to navigate it, how to watch the water, read the water. And we rented our own raft on those rapids. So we don't just go with a rafting tour. We rent our own raft. And we take it down ourselves. And we can swim at our leisure. We can jump off the rock. Anna, you can tell them about jumping off the rock. Jumping off the rock was definitely scary. When you first pass, you're like, oh, that doesn't look that bad. Until you get to the top of it and you look over and you're like, oh, God, why did I agree to do this? It had to be like a (laughs) drop. And um, the water was a little icy, but it was definitely nice after having a little sunburn to jump in. But... After hesitating the first time, I ended up going up and jumping a second time. Kind of was like a little relief and everything like that. You're like, wow, I've never done that before, but it makes your heart race for sure. Mm -hmm. Am I the only one here that's feeling like super jealous and like wanting to go uh, white water rafting right now? (laughs) No. (laughs) It was a blast. I've never been, it's, it's a, uh, but I'm clumsy, so I'd probably fall out and drown or something. A few so, times I you would not fall out and drown. <laughs> you would not. You you you're gonna be if you're gonna go and you're gonna go with any NDP members, you're gonna go and have a great time. Uh, we tell you nose and toes, nose and toes. Um, get back in the raft is the the first and foremost, but. It's the point of when you actually conquer it and when you stay in the raft. Um, We had, like I said, when our guide fell out, completely calm. And I'm like, Doug's out. Wait, your guide fell out? Doug fell out. Yes. Our our guide fell out. I was like, Doug's out. And they're like, you said it's so calm. I'm like, because we're okay. We're good. We got a good solid core here. We're good. But it was like that interesting. What? Our guys thought, and everybody else was like, why, why are you so calm? Like, because we're good. We have a solid crew here. We, we can do this. And we do. We, we navigate it perfectly. And um, even without a guide, you can get back in. He, we got him back in instantly. Um, it kind of happens in a heartbeat. But the white water, the, the adrenaline rush, it's the same thing being on a paintball field when you go up against a huge amount of, like, opposition and you're taking people out. And even when you have to leave, you're sad. Um, when you're on the river, when you leave the rapids, 
or when you leave the raft when you're in the rapid, you are definitely sad. Actually, you're really cold, especially in Pennsylvania, because the water never warms here. Um, but it's, it's a cold. See now I'm like face. I really I really want to go, like really bad. I'm all looking it up right now on the internet. It's a great feeling. Uh, Honestly, it's a great well, feeling. I mean, it's, painful. it's a it's wonderful adrenaline feeling. junkies to a certain extent. I mean, yeah. I, I would say yeah. about ninety-five percent of people that play paintball on a regular basis do it because of the adrenaline rush. So it's no surprise that we do other other adrenaline-inducing sports. But uh, that one sounds like well, a lot. Well, with whitewater rafting, if you if you go with a guide, um, if you book a trip with a guide, or a regular, I shouldn't say a guide, a rafting company, and you go out to experience this, they, their job 100% is to make sure you're safe. And you're going to be safe. And it's the thing is, don't panic. Don't, you know, put your feet in the rocks and then try and stand up against the water that's coming over you. You're not going to do that. You're not going to panic because you've already been in situations with paintball, so you've already experienced an adrenaline rush, and you know that, and you know what's safe. And they tell you, here's what's safe, and you do it, and you experience that. Again, experiencing it is an amazing adrenaline rush. It's really wonderful to to go down through the white water and to continue and then go down through another one and down through another one. And it's it's awesome. It's amazing. I cannot – anybody that does paintball should have already done white water. If not, please do because you will love it. And then you, you tie in camping with it. That the the whole thing where everybody they're tra- I call it travel trip. When you go to paintball, you don't just have paintball, but you have travel trips. So you have whether it be a hotel experience or whether it be a house experience or whether it be a camping. You tie that in with whitewater rafting, you're going to have an amazing experience. So please do it. It's it's phenomenal. There is nothing better than being on the open water and then fighting through the white water and you have to fight through it. It's not just like you kind of casually go down in a kayak or kind of like go down in a canoe. You have to fight through it in a raft and it's it's the best experience and it really fills your heart up and gets you ready for the next paintball game too. Nobody's shooting at you while you're doing it. Um, you do have to fight um, the water rushing up your part. nose. <laughs> Which is, you I'm don't envisioning have that water, a like, really cool a really cool paintball game, you know, you're 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 on the river, you're you're whitewater rafting, and then you're shooting each other. No, never mind. I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm just teasing. It will happen. Technology too. Oh my goodness! It, it was like, like a purge. I mean, like from all, like your phone hardly got signal. The most you could do was update your status and if you wanted to do that or post pictures. But other than that, it was just so nice to, to get away from everything and not have to worry about, like, your phone constantly buzzing. You were legit one with nature. See, what what's funny for me, that as much as it was kind of annoying because I wanted to talk to my kids, um, so I had to wait, obviously, to talk to them until I got back to the hotel. Ion, there was no service there. The service is just absolutely terrible. So um, I went basically the whole weekend without any phone or Internet or anything like that, and it was excellent. I kind of, aside from having to wait so long to talk to my kids every day, 
Um, it was great. <laughs> so I kind of like that idea of not really having anything except for except for the water. So it sounds fun. Is there anywhere to oh, do it fantastic. here? In, I, I'm in California. Is there anywhere here in California if it's any good to to go? I, I'll be yeah. honest. I'll be 100% honest. I don't know in California for whitewater <laughs> rafting. And the closest for you, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, we're you think of uh, mountains. You know, we're <laughs> in mountains. So with your mountains, you have your huge rivers running through it and those rivers they actually was called a release their release is actually what creates the rapid it's not just a natural constant rapid they actually create the releases through dams so they build the water up and then they release it um for your area i don't know but into it it a phenomenal experience it's really it's off the chart you and like i said we do it every year um, third and third weekend in July, and we run our like I said, we run our own raft for a reason. We have our leisure with the raft. We can get out and swim. We want. We can get out and jump off rocks. We can get out and do whatever we want because we rent. Um, if you go with a rafting crew, you're on their time, and it's the best way to start because you learn the safety of it. So when you learn the safety of it, and then you get somebody. Um, our guide was, or our guide is Doug. He's a natural reader of the water he can literally naturally read the water and he could read the rapids and that, that's not something to say oh easy no it's not um he did this brilliant thing the last rapid where anna rolled the bull we did he was like three strokes so every person rafted three strokes and he looked at hard left then we did hard left then two right two right and we go down perfectly into the white water and i mean it's a rolling wave of white water your guide is going to be able to do that because they know that river they know the release and they've done it so you want somebody that's already experienced it, already done it um, go with them first and really experience white water is phenomenal there's there's no i don't know there's there's just a better feeling going through it um and they come out the other side and we do paddles in we all do like a high five with our paddles, uh, just to say yes, we did that. We we conquered that one. Um, we we had fun going through it and just had a blast. And so I cannot express enough. Anybody who's never done my water, please try it once. If you don't like it, don't do it ever again. But the other thing is, um, safety is always first thing we do, whether it be a paintball game, a youth mentorship program, anything. Safety is always first. Safety is always first, too, when rafting, and you have to wear your life vest and not only wear it, but, like, they say if you can't breathe when you put it on, you can't drown. (laughs) I know that sounds funny and ironic, but if you can't breathe, you can't drown, you need it really tight, and if you would happen to fall in the water, you would then be pulled up by your life vest. You're good. You're solid. That's your number one. That's your number one, just like a mask. If you would think about a paintball, your mask is number one. When you go whitewater rafting, your vest is number one. And they make sure it's, you do this. You make sure it's tight. And they pull you. If you were to go fall out, they're not going to pull it by your arm or your head. They're going to pull it by your vest. They need to secure your body, and they make sure of that. 
So you're always going to have a good experience as long as you're going with a good rafting company. If you rent your own raft for the first time, don't do not recommend that if you've never gone. So rent with a company and have a blast, and then take it from there. Very cool. Yeah, Mason. Yeah. Mason. <laughs> Oops. James and uh, I think it was Doug. They were like, "You need to ride the bull if you go on the two-day one down the 14-foot uh, cliff drop." And I was like, "Uh, we'll see." <laughs> the other, other thing is um, the trip that uh, Anna went on. We had class one, class four, which was simple, and we we call it porting out. But you basically park your your raft to the side and watch other people and how they do it, depending on the water level. And we poured out, we watched it, and that's the one class four. Well, the trip we're talking about, which is a guided trip, you cannot do it unguided. You have to go. Um, they only have four weeks, or some sorry, six weeks that they, six weekends they release the water. It's all, the first day is all class four and five rabbits. And the classes of rabbits are not how high they are, but the danger behind them. But with the dim, with Dimple on our, with the rafting with Anna, it's like, this is what you do. And he even said, like, if you fall out, swim here. That's what the guides tell you. If you fall out, swim to this area because it's the safest area. And you have, like I said, your guides explaining and telling you this is what you need to do. And it's a really, again, it's kind of like an adrenaline rush and a fear factor like no other. Because when you come upon that water and when you hear that water and you hear that rush, your, your adrenaline gets going. It's like, okay, I'm going to swim left, I'm going to swim left. But you do, you have your rafting guides. And they, they do help you. Everybody helps you. Everybody in the, the raft. Everybody wants everybody to have a great time. And we did. That's the, the best thing is, even with paintball, when you go and you're excited for a game, the best part is when you leave and everybody had a great time and is healthy, happy, not injured, it's the best day ever. It's the best day. And it's the same thing with rafting. You're going to have the best day ever. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to love it. And everybody else had a great time and experience. So the thing is, be happy, be healthy, uh, wear your life vest really tight. Even I was like, oh, it's cutting off my, my circulation. I'm like, that's good. Perfect. <laughs> good. <laughs> You're doing a good job. And the, the helmet, not so much like as tight as, as what you would think for a paintball, but you want it to be on your head. And if something were to happen, and if you fall out, you are protected. And everybody else in that raft is going to make sure you're okay. So it's the same thing with paintball. You want everybody to have a great time. I'm very good. about it's a time. Okay. Well, ladies, thank you for joining. I think I'm going to go ahead and call it a night for us. Um, thank you, Callista, for calling us. Thank you, Anna. Mary, it's great to have you back. And a special shout-out to Nikki Freed. Thank you for joining us this evening. Um, please be sure to share this episode of Ladies' Night Paintball Radio with all of your voting friends in Florida. Nikki is a huge proponent and advocate for medical marijuana as well as industrial hemp and um, CBD here. 
And she also would have the opportunity to oversee our concealed weapons permits as well as agriculture and water. So um, she's pretty amazing. I have known her almost my entire life. She was very well qualified for the position. So uh, thank you, Nikki, for joining us. All right. Calista, I hope to see you in October. And everybody have a wonderful evening and a wonderful week. And until next time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.